Christ has comforted us, but if we're going to be able to take advantage of this great comfort, we must have an attitude of learning. We must have a mindset that says, I want to know what I need to know. Our song says, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood. I have to understand that I need to be washed in the blood. Are we able to say that a part of our story is the fact that we have been washed in the blood of Jesus? If we want to be forgiven of sin in which we live our lives when we're apart from Christ, we have to understand that we have to be washed in that blood. We have to have access to that. And Jesus clearly stated the purpose of His blood as He instituted the Lord's Supper. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And He took the cup and He gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Matthew 26, 26 through 28. Paul understood that. He understood that we need to be washed in the blood. He understood the importance of the blood and he wanted the Thessalonians to understand that as well. In describing the Lord's return, he said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-14 Who are those who are asleep in the Lord? Exactly who is Paul speaking of? He's talking about those who had gone on into eternity. Those who had died as faithful Christians. Christ honored that. And John understood that. And when Christ revealed unto him, he said, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Revelation 14, 13. How does one pass from this life into the next life, having died in the Lord. Jesus did not leave us a complicated set of instructions that would be far too difficult for just, let's say, the average person to understand. He didn't do that. He left a set of instructions so that the below average person could understand exactly what He wants. We do not have to have a high rate of intelligence. Our IQ does not have to be in triple digits for us to be able to understand what Christ wants. We can move from this life into the next life having died in the Lord. But we have to follow His commandments. The ones that He has established for us. He's given them to us and He fully expects us to do what He has said. We must always be learning, but we must base that upon the fact that God understands and has told us that Christ will be returning. That's what our learning ought to be based in. The very fact that our Savior is coming back. Let's read verse 2 of song number 24. Perfect submission, perfect delight, Visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending, bringing from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. 
The idea of the denominational rapture is not found anywhere in the Bible, but in the sense of a snatching away, so to speak, Christ will return. And we're going to meet Him in the air, and there we will be with Him. Notice what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15-16. He said, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or go before them which are asleep, those who have died in the Lord. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Angels will be descending. The saints will be returning right along with our Savior. Christ comforted His disciples with that knowledge. He told those who were going to be left behind, He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. John 14, 1-3. Jesus will come again. He is returning. And for those who are not ready to meet Him, there's not going to be any comfort. He wants to comfort. He came so He could comfort. But we have to be ready. Those people who are not ready are going to experience the wrath of God. Paul explained it this way. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6-9, he said, Seeing that it is a righteous thing, with God to recompense or to repay tribulation to them that trouble you. They were being troubled by the Roman government. Christians were being persecuted. They were being put to death. Nero was descending upon Jerusalem and killing Christians. Paul said, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. The good news is that doesn't have to happen. There's no reason for that to happen. Because Christ has come to comfort us if we will hear His whispers of mercy. I want us to look a little closer at this statement by Paul and try to break it down a little bit and understand exactly what he wants us to understand. He was telling those in Thessalonica, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on two groups of people, those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. That gives us a lot of information that we need to understand. I think that Paul is emphasizing two very important things to these brethren. Now remember, he wrote this letter to the church in Thessalonica. They were Christians. First, I think he wants us to understand that those who do not know Jesus are in danger of hellfire. They're in danger of hellfire as we speak. And secondly, not only are they in danger of hellfire, those who choose not to obey Jesus will be condemned eternally. 
So what exactly does that mean for us today? That means it is my responsibility. He's writing to Christians. It is the Christian responsibility to reach out to those around them and talk about Jesus, to introduce Jesus to them. I have preached to people who had never heard the name Jesus. But also I think what he is saying is you have to get yourself ready first before you can ever help anyone else. Every time I get on an airplane, they go through their safety process. They talk about that mask coming down in case we lose air pressure. And they always say, put your own mask on first before you try to help your neighbor. Why? If I'm not saved, I can't save anyone else. That's what Paul's talking about. That's the application for today. I have to get myself right. I'm the only one who can get me to heaven, and then maybe I can help someone else. That's comforting to know, isn't it? It's comforting to know that Jesus is returning. It's comforting to know that we must be watching. Let's read verse 3. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. We're watching for the return of the Lord. Those who are faithful long for His return. We have to keep ourselves prepared together. We have to keep ourselves ready at all times, prepared to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And it is comforting. 1 Thessalonians four seventeen through 18 Paul was comforted with the knowledge that he knew he was going to meet his Lord. He told Timothy this. He said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Secular history insinuates to us that Paul lost his life by having his head removed from his body. He was going to that exact scenario and he wanted to go. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. He said, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. And not to me only, but to all who love His appearing. 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. through but he wanted Timothy to understand something. He wanted Timothy to know that Paul wasn't the only one going to receive a crown. Paul wasn't the only one waiting on the Lord. Paul wasn't the only one watching for the Lord. But all people who look forward to his returning, who have obeyed the gospel, who have demonstrated their love for Christ, they can look forward to it because we know we have a place in heaven if we have been obedient to His commandments. In the parable of the ten virgins, Matthew 25, 1-13, we have five who were watching and waiting, and we have five who got distracted by the world. Five wise and five foolish. Jesus warned in that parable, saying, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Matthew 25, 13. Watch. He comforts us, but we better be watching. 
We better be learning. We better understand He is returning for us. But we have to be on the right side of things. What is the story? Jesus came to earth so He could offer the comfort of salvation. That's why He came. It's as simple as that. We can know the joy of heaven if we will give ourselves to what He has asked us to do. Each of us will know one of two endings in this life. It's pretty simple. Paul warned saying, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God. On them which fail, severity. But toward thee goodness, if you continue in His goodness, otherwise you will be cut off. Do not leave here today not knowing the goodness and mercy of God. What will your story be? Will you stand with the faithful? Do you long for His return and His appearing? If you've never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ through faith, repentance of past sins, Acts 17 verse 30, confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Romans 10 10, immersion in water for the forgiveness of sins, Acts 22 verse 16, and faithful living, Revelation 2 10. If you've never done that, what's your story? We know what the story is. We know what Jesus has said. That's not the story we want. Obey the gospel today. If you have and you've become unfaithful, think about your story. Are you going to be able to stand with the faithful? Not if you've become unfaithful. Not if you haven't repented. Do that today. What's your story? Think about that as we stand and as we sing.